All right, it's Monday on Daily Delivery. Patrick Royce, Star Tribune columnist, joins me as usual. Um, Patrick, plenty to get to this weekend. I was thinking about starting with something else, but when we when we joined on our uh, on our morning call before we started recording, you said let's start with the NFL because I got something to get off my chest. And whenever Patrick Royce says that, I am happy to oblige, sir. What uh, what do you need to get off your chest off of these uh, NFL NFC NFC and NFC title games? You know what's fixed about the NFL? First of all, it disgusts me the influence referees have. It's yes. more egregious than any other sport. But I was thinking about this today, uh, actually early this morning. Baseball, we complain about baseball umpiring, but baseball is the only sport where the decisions are objective. Yeah. Is, is, is that not true? I mean, every other sport, hockey, basketball and especially football is subjective it's up to the guy to decide whether he should call it or not now in baseball they might make it subjective but when you look at it it's objective right it's okay he's either safe or out he's uh you know it's a ball or a strike uh it's objective and what's fixed about the game is especially the nfl is the influence that the Mike Pereiras of the world now have, because that's fixed. That is fixed. That their commentary is yes. There was a little bit of the, the receiver was held up on that play when they threw the flag. So it was a legitimate call. It was a good call. They don't tell you, nobody tells you that the same play occurred 10 previous times without a flag being thrown right and then now they decided to call it when uh it's third down and the team's gonna have to punt and the game is tied right they decide to call it uh they do not they show a hold when a guy you know grabs a guy in the middle of a big pile a guy grabs a shirt on the offensive line which has been done 45 times in the game to that point, and yet the referees say, okay, this is a very important part of the game, so I'm going to call it. And then they say, well, it was a hold. Well, okay. what I'm, It's fixed. It's fixed because they don't, they show you the, you know, the Patrick Mahomes getting pushed when he gently pushed when he gets out of bounds. They don't show you the block in the back on number 17 on the kick return that set up the whole thing, right? Right. It set up. They don't show you that. They were going crazy about that one, by the way. The, uh, yeah. the Bengals special teams coach is going crazy on that one. Yeah, but they don't go back and show that to you and say, well, we blew that one. So the fix here is they come in and say, well, they got that one right. Or the, they, <laughs> they run a play. And 15 seconds later, they get together and say, you get to do it over again. Yeah, that uh, was crazy. Because, yeah. Because the guy's, okay, the, the guy down there is signaling, starting to signal. It had no impact on the play. And, you know, they get to do over. I was very disappointed in Zach Taylor after the game because he handled it with class. He didn't say <laughs> anything. I was hoping he'd come out and say, this, how did this collection of clowns end up referee in this game? But And I don't even, I guess, here's my problem. It's what I'm trying to say is they they want you to say, well, all the calls were right. Well, 
they're never put into perspective of when they were called and how this one differentiated from the other 25 holdings that took place in the game. They never, they never say, you know, that's probably happened 20 other times in the game and they didn't call it. So anyway, I think NBA NFL refereeing drives me nuts. And you know what, of course, also drives me nuts is the, the review system and the whole thing. And, uh, where was the instant review thing? The new review, what do they call it? Accelerated. Uh, oh yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, the eye in the sky kind of thing where the it's like, after we gathered where really quickly. When, where were they when Devonte Smith dropped the ball yeah. on fourth down? I know they were smart enough to rush. When the guy in New York sees them rush into the, to the, get set, he must, he should know something's wrong and look at it. Shouldn't he? Sure. And uh, I mean, he dropped the ball and they, it was fourth down. So they get no points there. So Kansas city, uh, uh, lucked out, uh, yeah, yesterday. I thought they were not, uh, they were, you know, that was a pretty even game and, uh, they, you know, they, they got the, they got the breaks. So, you know, they ended up winning the other one. And all the 49ers got the short end of the stick, but they had no chance anyway. I, I don't even think that even if, uh, Purdy had played that San Francisco was going to win that game because uh, they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't protect their quarterback. They they couldn't stop that defensive line of the Eagles. But uh, that was again egregiously different in uh, the interpretations of the officials against one team as opposed to the other. I thought, you know, I think they ended up with twelve penalties. The now the Eagle, you know, the Forty ers got a little out of control and. The last three penalties were just because they were mad at the world, but uh, right. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, you know I, it, it's a that the I don't know how you make them better, except my theory has always been you get the Hockleys of the world and they they give the boys a speech and they say before the game and say let's go out there and call as many penalties as we can fellas <laughs> uh you know that's that's the rah rah the, the theory should be when in doubt don't throw it of course instead yeah instead of when in doubt yes. throw it especially with the game on the line so i agree with that that was a nice that was a nice dive by pat mahomes too but uh what the, <laughs> i don't blame him so no nah, i mean that was that was borderline i i think that was you know, by the letter of the law, that one was a penalty. I was going crazy, like you said, before that, even with, you know, the influence, like you said, of how, you know, how these things happen all the time and then get called at select times, including, you know, like you said, the, the third down right after the right after the Chiefs got gifted a new chance at third down because they blew the whistle and started yeah. redid the play. That was the first of, the, I can't remember if it was pass interference or defensive illegal called, contact or holding yeah. on that play. Gave him a yeah. new set of downs. Now, they got off the field after that, so it didn't completely influence the game. But, like, when you when you get the automatic first down off of this contact that happens in the defensive backfield pretty much every play, that's yeah. that's the one that drives me crazy, where it's like, you can call this anytime. Yes. You're calling it right here. This is the influence on the game. Those first downs mean a huge change in the, in the in the trajectory of a game 
Yeah, it wasn't that it was third and sixteen or something, wasn't it? I don't know. When I think it was third and nine, things. but yeah, it was it was long. Yeah, it was long, and uh, and Mahomes wasn't. He was obviously uh, limited. He wasn't as sharp as he usually is, and uh, and uh, they, uh, you know, they were struggling. They were they were struggling to move the ball. So uh, yeah, I don't know. They just uh, uh, the the officials. You know, I I don't know how that guy's crew ended up. Weren't they like? I thought they were reprimanded once this year. That maybe it was <laughs> other guy this year. That, but but it's an all-star crew too, right? Don't they? Uh, I think they change them, don't they? I don't think they bring yeah. in the same crew that they have. They uh, right. They get they get different back judges and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, I I just think you know. Well, Mike Pereira said all the calls were right. Yeah, okay, Mike. How about the block in the back? Did you tell us? Didn't you tell them? Hey, guys, show us show this egregious block in the back on the kick return that they didn't call Mike. Come on, come on, show us that. So take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. And it's too, and it's too bad because that was a good game. I mean, what we're yeah, talking about right now is the officiating, but that was a pretty good game. I mean, there was some sloppiness, but that was, those were <clears throat> two really good teams. And the Eagles, by the way, what, uh, what a path they get to the to the Super Bowl, right? They get to play. The Giants, who, Giants. if you only watch the Giants play the Vikings, you might have thought the Giants were awfully good, but the Giants were yeah. not all that good. And then you get to play the 49ers' fourth-string quarterback, and then their their third-string guy has to come back in, and he can't throw he the can't ball. Pass. Like what? Throw the pass. Never seen that. But I've never seen that. Before. No. Well, there was a famous uh, thing in 1966, Mike, long before you were in here. Johnny Unitas and uh, I think Aramora was his backup, but maybe somebody else was for the Colts. And this is the way the NFL was back then. No practice squads. Now that nonsense. They were the only two quarterbacks. They both got hurt. Tom Matty, who was a running back, played quarterback the last two games of the regular season and the playoff game against the Packers. And they only lost 13 to 10 to the Packers. But he could throw it about 10 yards. And then, you know, they ran the ball a lot. And the games were a lot lower scoring and not explosive. But this was, I was thinking of all of us old people were all saying, bring in Tom Matty. Tom wow. died a few years ago, but bring in Tom Matty. It was the same. They tried, they tried McCaffrey on the one play, but I mean, the game was over by then. I, you, you had to feel sorry for San Francisco to say, you know, they'd won what, 10, 11 in a row, something yeah. like that. But, uh, I, uh, you know, and and the other thing is, uh, who who decided Johnson had a concussion? Was that he was going to get up and play? I think, and then they called from upstairs. So, yeah, that was a game when you could have used the old smelling salt sack. Let's get out there, buddy. We got nobody else. Did you? I looked up his wiki page. By the way, it would have been a great story if he'd stayed in and made it a competitive game. He 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 played at the University of San Diego, the Pioneer Football League. You oh know, wow! One St. Thomas plays yeah. in, and from 2004 to 2007, and he's been in the league, and he's he's been with uh, 14 different teams or something like yeah. that. Because they always bring him in, 
he spent his first four years, I think, in Miami, did I see? And then, then after that, it's just three, four teams a year because they just bounce him back and forth. Wow. Back to squad. He would have been a fantastic story if uh, if he'd stayed in and and uh, been able to do something. But anyway, yeah, the Eagles, there, man, they got their defenses. Oof, they got they got an endless, you know, the same thing when they won the Super Bowl. They got an endless supply of defensive linemen. They got right. like eight of them. Right. They did yeah. last time. They had about eight of them, too. So they always got somebody, you know, Sue. Somebody fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Sue is a backup, plays 15 plays a game, but, uh, you know, you got a sack. And uh, anyway, yeah, the Eagles look good, but uh, it was a terrible game. It was no fun to watch. But uh, uh, the second game was a great game, but it's, it just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth when the officials decide it. So, but that's the NFL. They have, they decide. They probably decide twenty five percent of them during the course of a year, you know, because their right. games is their games are also close now. Sure, the guy who decides to make what call that he hasn't made all day long, you know, decides twenty games a year. So anyway. yeah, it's a, it's amazing. The Super Bowl should be awfully good. I think the, I saw the opening line was pick them, so that tells you that uh, really? people people think that's a, a pretty good matchup, and maybe a lot of Super Bowls that are between two good. Key- Teams start that way or close to that, and then they get the line moves accordingly. And you know, Mahomes gets an extra Mahomes gets an extra week to get the ankle right and stuff like that. But I, I got to think the I got to think Philadelphia is the better team, even though they played in the weaker conference. I agree with you. And don't you think the the betters? It's kind of like the 49ers, even after their glory years. The the betters like the Chiefs better than they really are. I mean, the Chiefs are always like they were two and a half point favorites in this game with. Uh, with Mahomes having a quest- questionable ankle and the Bengals on a hot streak. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think the betters just like the Chiefs. So they like Mahomes, yeah. they like the Chiefs, and they've won a lot. But uh, I my I yesterday would have, uh, if I was a better, if I'd gone out to St. Croix uh, and bet, right. uh, I would have not bet the first game because I – didn't lie. I liked them both. And then I would have uh, taken the Bengals in the two and a half points and would have felt really bad at the end. <laughs> yes, you would have. I would have been very upset. I would have been cursing the animal. It's fixed. It's fixed. So anyway. Instead, you're just cursing it now, which is, which is, yeah. I mean, it, no, I'm it, not, it, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the calls were all wrong. I'm saying right. that they're, they're subjective. They decide when to call them, you know. If right. you're not, if you didn't call it twenty times today, don't call it now. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a, it's like calling penalties in hockey. It's like calling, yeah. you know, some sort of violation in in basketball where it happens a lot, but you call it in a in a key moment yeah. or don't call it in a key moment. But you're right, baseball, it's either safe or out. It's either ball or strike. And there's right, there's yeah. interpretations of the strike zone, but yes. I don't think I don't think a guy is calling. A penalty, or I'm sorry, not calling a ball or a strike any differently in the eighth inning than he does in the yeah. fourth inning. It's just his, you know, his or her strike zone, and that's how they're calling it. Yeah, that's uh, that is true. Of course, uh, uh, the others is as uh, the great Dick Cullum used to always say, they're up and down games. If they're up and down games, they're hard to control. They're all up and down games. Baseball is not an up and down game. So. No. Anyway, that's uh, that's my theory, and. Uh, 
Uh, I, I'm kind of a Chiefs guy. I like Andy Reid, and I like Mahomes a lot, and I knew his dad. And Latroy oh, yeah. Hawkins, Hawkins is his godfather and all that stuff. So, I, I mean, he's just a magnificent competitor and seems to be a good guy, and I, I root for him, but not in that circumstance yesterday. So. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's switch gears. I think you, you wrote about Gophers men's basketball over the weekend, and I got to admit, I mean, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how bad college basketball is right now how how do you look at the how do you assess the state of that program because it's it's you know he had a he had a task i don't think he didn't inherit he didn't inherit nothing from richard patino but it was not a great situation that he came into and he's he's got to have patience that that's the only way to do this one and he seems like he's got it so far but you know, the years start stacking up. The patience will be will be different. I would imagine. How, how do you how do you assess where they are right now? Well, uh, actually, if you count the fact that yeah, he was not able to convince any of these guys to stay out of the transfer portal, right. so when it was done, he had nothing left. Correct. I mean, Marcus Carr already had said he was leaving and going to the NBA. Patino took Mark Mashburn with uh, Mashburn with him to New Mexico. They probably had a little NI name, image, and likeness thing going there, even before name, image, and likeness came into fruition. You know, came to be. But, right. Uh, and he's playing great down there. But and then the then all of it, then it just became then a bunch of guys transferred who went to mediocre colleges. They just they all decided to get out. I guess. Uh, I don't think it was because of Ben Johnson. They just, you know, it's, they just all left. And Eric Curry, who was going to be a coach, grad assistant, was about the only guy I had left. So last year, I mean, I talked to him the other day for about 20 minutes. And and he said last year we just were trying to put together the best roster. We had to put together the best roster we could because we didn't, they didn't have any recruits. They didn't have you know, they didn't have anybody coming in. And uh, this year he said, you know, this is the reset. This year's the reset year. So he did have a year zero his first year, you know. He did, and, yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this is this is the, the reset. And uh, I think you thought they were going to be better this year and people don't want ex- uh, uh, injuries as an excuse. The Twins found that out, but he lost Einan and Parker Fox right before the season started, and uh, once in a while, and Dawson Garcia missed a couple of games in a row. And I mean, they've had other Carringtons now, probably done for the season, maybe not the season, but uh, and uh, Payne did play, but uh, you knew the way they played against uh, almost beating Indiana. I mean, they played great. They they just battled and fought and they didn't they had that kid from the skinny kid from alexandria who they should have he admits they should have redshirted him but they couldn't last year because they didn't have enough players but he should have been in the weight room gaining 30 pounds but instead he's they had to waste a year of eligibility but uh you know he just you knew what was coming at Northwestern, didn't you? When they almost yes. won on Wednesday night, they, you know, now they're going on the road. Northwestern's hot. But Northwestern actually has athletes. And I looked it up. Northwestern's got like one guy was playing his 100th game. There's another guy who was playing his, you know, 110th. And uh, they got like four old guys, right? So, yes. And, they're, and they got two or three real athletes, which usually doesn't, happened at Northwestern. 
So you knew they were going to get buried, but now I, I don't know who they're going to beat. You know, the, you know. You know they're, they can't shoot. No, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a, can't I've even make said, can't even make free throws. That's the no, part that drives no. me crazy. They're last in the country. You said, as you said last week, they got the only point guard in America who's got the same shooting percentage at the free throw line. <laughs> right. Three point. He makes three points at the same frequency. He makes free throws. It's, Unbelievable. Uh, and everybody says somebody said Terry Porter, an old friend of mine from St. Cloud State, one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. Uh, Marshall, Minnesota. State champ sixty three sent me. Why doesn't he have them practice? I think <laughs> well, I think they probably do, but I don't know what it is. But oh, it's awful. It's I mean I, I think I basically I talked to him the other day. Why aren't you more depressed than you? Why you should be more depressed than you are. And he's uh, you know he's just figures out a way to. I uh, I I still think he has a chance, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, he he says, "Judge me." He says, "When I got the job, I told Mark Doyle, judge me in year four, and that gives him one more, and then uh, and then we'll see." One more after this one, and then we'll see. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. and that's you know, that's, yeah, that, that's, and that's I mean, if if they're still terrible in year four, he'll be fired. So, yeah, well, that's a you know, that's that's pretty standard, but it's also you know, it's dangerous to keep sometimes it's dangerous to keep kind of kicking that down the line. Cause I mean, look at, I think we've, we've been waiting a while. If we're, if we're going across the way now to, to the women's program, we've been kind of waiting for that program to get traction. And then it's like, okay, wait a little bit more. Cause we got all these freshmen and it's just, it doesn't seem like it's happening on a consistent basis for Lindsay Whalen right now. They're, they're just no. not, they're not very good. And they, what they score 41 points the other day, 41 points. I think they had, uh, I looked it up. I think they scored 19 in the second half or something. I don't know. It was, it's brutal. And I watched that team and they do have some freshmen, but, uh, in my, Maya Brown, if she was playing with anybody might have, uh, get some open shots and stuff but they have no strength uh they the, the one big kid Mishu was you know she's okay and this is a nano kid but they don't you know they don't bump anybody out of the way when they're going to get it they're just they're the they're, the physical guards come out and just beat them up you know and i mean the you saw south carolina play here last year that's the i'm not saying there's any south carolina right Women's basketball is a lot more physical than it used to be. You're gonna, yes, you're handling the ball. Somebody's gonna come and bounce off you like they do in the men, and kind of, you know, bounce you off the, off the path you're trying to take, and things like that. And they have no strength. But yeah, I, I would guess Lindsay gets one more year, don't you? Uh, but yeah. maybe, maybe not. What is this five or four? This, this is, is your five for five. her, I think, wasn't it? Twenty eighteen was her first year, so. Yeah, I'm wondering how uh, she's handling. I don't know. She's uh, I, I, I talked to her and she seems a little depressed. I mean, now you know I haven't talked to her I think once this year, but uh, I don't think she's. Here's the other thing: transfer portal. Yes, bad. Now Scalia, Scalia left her. You know, yeah, that hurt him. And Scalia was sitting for a while at Indiana, but now she's playing again. And they're sixth in the country, and they're coming in here, but she leaves them. So the Maya Braun and, you know, say, well, I'm going to go somewhere and try to win. I mean, they, they, that's that's the trouble when things get this bad, keeping your team together. I mean, the men, Jamison Battle. Right. 
uh, they got no NIL here at all. Zero. I guess Parker Fox got some money that he brought with him from South Dakota, but that's it. They got nothing. And, uh, you know, so Jamison Battle's got one year left and Wisconsin calls him up and says, you know, we need a shooter. You know what? The, I mean, is he going to stick around? Is he going to, is he going to ride it out again for one more year or not? I mean, it's who, who stays if you're, if you got nothing to offer them that's, and you're losing games, that's the bad. That's I think in modern basketball with the transfer portal, the bad teams are going to get worse. Oh yes, generally. absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the bad teams are going to get worse because guys are going to go uh, where they can either win or get some money. I don't know how the, they're supposed to line up their own deals, but it's all horse manure. Well, they put know? together these collectives. I mean, it's, yeah. you know. But the collectives, Georgia's got a collective for football that has three full-time workers and yeah. 99 of their players are getting NIL. <laughs> Coach admitted 99 of them. Yeah. Up here, we got guys calling up and say, hey, you can talk to uh, Mo Ibrahim for 20 minutes for a hundred dollars. That's uh, does he want to talk to some guy for 20 minutes to make a hundred bucks? For God's, I don't think you got to do that at Georgia. You just got to no. go up, to, you just got to go down around the corner to the office and get your check, right? It's uh, they're so far, they are, and I think all the NIL money they're using, they're getting, they're using for football, they're, they're pumping it into football, trying to keep that up. Although I heard there's some. There's some volleyball, a couple of the okay. volleyball players have it, but, uh, the, you know, I mean, somebody told me who close to the Gopher program that the NIL was zero. And I confirmed that with somebody in the program who wasn't Ben Johnson. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, that's, it's such a game changer. It's such a, you combine that with the, the transfer portal and it's, you're right. It's, it's the, it's the programs that, you know, are good that are in major conferences that maybe have had some level of success, but aren't in that top tier of college basketball or, or whatever sport or in in that conference that are going to that are going to suffer because you're you're, you're going to lose players, right? Because you you can't you're not winning, and then you're not going to be able to bring in the same caliber player. I mean, again, you know, I don't I think Ben Johnson's first year is a bad example because he lost so many players and he, you can't replace that right away. But like. Who who they've been who they've been able to bring in in the portal has not come close to equaling what has gone out in the portal so far, and it's probably going to be hard for programs like that to recruit through the portal because that's where a lot of the NIL money is going to be, right? Yeah, and the other thing is, you get the guy to come in on a Friday night for a visit in uh, November, and you're the historic old barn. Look at our beautiful uh, old barn, man. It's been here since 1928, and you should. I know there's only 3,100 people here tonight, but you should see it when it's full. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know what else has killed them? What's television, 70-inch television. Yeah, it's I hurt mean, a lot of things. There's nothing. It's there's. It's always been. Going to go for events has always been the hardest thing in town, right? The bad parking, right? Especially in the winter, you got to want know, it. Yep, cold, all their big sports. Yep. Yeah, and and Mariucci's actually got a couple of uh, parking spots closer than you know this place. They got twenty five people there, and they still the the ramp across right across the street. 
you get there, too, you can't get in it if you get there two hours early because they reserve that for Perry people. So you got to walk four blocks at best on a cold, miserable night where you got a guy like me has a 50% chance of falling his fat <laughs> on the ice. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and then you get in there and uh, there's nobody there. And now the other night, it was loud. I wasn't there, but it was loud. I was watching on TV and it was, it, you could, there was enthusiasm and it was about half full, but uh, I, they, the odds are really stacked against this place right now, I think. And I don't think it's Ben Johnson's fault uh, yet, but you know, I mean, it, it's still, you know, let's face it. If you wanted to pay $5 million or $6 million for your coach, you could have brought in Eric Musselman and you'd be in better shape. Because don't worry, his dad had the NIL before there was a fifty years, <laughs> yeah, fifty un- years before any. We were, unofficial, unofficial we had, NIL. We had name, image, and likeness a long time ago, yes. and yes. I think Eric kind of picked up on that a little bit. Eric would not settle for this. I can guarantee you, he wouldn't be losing transfers. He would be bringing them in. So. You know, it's uh, they they decided to go with the uh, inexperienced guy, and he's devoted to it and hardworking. And I, he has a the recruiting class this year is okay. And uh, according to Marcus, we're getting the second coming of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. So uh, you know, maybe. But I mean, that guy comes in here next year, the seven footer Dennis Evans. Yeah, yeah, they're they're you know, five and 15 and, and he's getting a hundred dollars worth of NIL money. How long is he going to stay? It's a, it's a, it is a vicious cycle. You find yourself in when you're bad right now in college basketball, don't you think? Yes. I think that's the best way to sum it up. It's like, it's harder. It's harder than ever to break that cycle because who's going to stick around to break the cycle with you. There's no incentive to stick around. There's few, there's fewer incentives to stick around unless you just really like it there and you believe in what is being sold. And I think Ben Johnson sells it well. He's a good recruiter. He's a good, you know, motivator, but that only goes so far. Like people get tired of a bad situation. And if you've got a, if you've got opportunities, you, it's easier than ever to go find a better opportunity or at least an opportunity that sounds better. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and Lindsay, uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, Scalia leaving on her was that was yep. a disaster. that was a disaster. Minnesota kid who'd uh, you know been close to the program and the whole thing, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you you got these freshmen coming in. You'd like to have a little leadership with them, see them see some positive, and oh, uh, she leaves, and oof. I I don't blame her. She's in Indiana. Right. She's gonna she's gonna end up in the Sweet Sixteen at a minimum. So right. I don't I don't blame her, but it's a disaster. For the program, Patrick, let's finish up with the Wolves. Speaking of enthusiastic fans, uh, things seem to be rocking pretty good over at Target Center right now. And I was reminded of a quote from Shawshank Redemption, came out 1994, um, the second best movie to come out in 1994 behind Pulp Fiction. My guy Red in that movie said, Hope is a dangerous thing, Patrick. Hope can drive a man insane. I think Wolves fans are starting to get that hope back. Um, they're fifth in the West right now. This West is just so crowded. Um, they go from 11th to 5th with a few wins. They got the Kings again now after beating them the other day. They've beaten Memphis. They beat New Orleans. 
Um, so that you know they lose to the bad teams, but they're they're competitive against these good teams. But it does seem to me, just watching them, catching them with the you know with the eye test. I was the, I was over there the other night watching them play. Starting to seem like they are figuring it out a little. They've got a closing group. Kyle Anderson's really good for him. He kind of holds it all together. Feels like they're starting to figure it out a little bit. But again, I don't know. I don't know if you can trust it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about the NBA this year. I think the bad teams are. Uh better than they way better than they normally are you don't you know it was always a league where there was a team that was 64 and 18 and a team that was 18 and 64 right yes terrible teams but the the terrible teams aren't terrible my basketball man uh terry goodsey told me this uh either last year the year before he says everybody's got good players now he said every team's got good players now it's just a question of putting them together Here's what worries me about them now is, you know, Noel, Noel's an important guy and Nas is an important guy and uh, they're both free agents. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, right now, even with Cat not playing and Gobert missing games here and there and uh, Prince missing now, they got depth. They got about eight yes. guys. You know, they got eight or nine guys and that's, they're able to, and and then you, and you got the man, you got the leader, uh, Edwards. And uh, let's face it, when uh, when uh, D'Lo decides to make nine out of 12 threes, you're going <laughs> to look pretty good, aren't you? Yes. So, I mean, he's been shooting it pretty dang good for a month yeah. as much abuse as we give him. Uh, and, and I think one other thing they've done in the, in the change here is even when he's on the floor, and if if Edwards is on the floor with him, uh, Edwards has got the ball as much as he does, or yes. maybe more. I, yes. They've taken a lot of uh, uh, D'Angelo's uh, ball handling. He he doesn't have. He's not a playmaker, so they're not making him try to be a playmaker, right? I mean, he gets the ball and he'll run a pick and roll and do something like that, but he's not go out there and run the show anymore. They're they're kind of doing it by committee and that that seems to have made him better but edwards is by nba standards a warrior he plays 36 38 minutes he wants to play 36 38 minutes he's not looking for an excuse not to play tonight like half the league hasn't missed a game this year and uh no and he you know he had a couple of banged up things that uh he could have sat and he didn't he 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 likes to play. He wants to play. He's a beast. And, uh, you know, it, it, we, have we found out if he's on the all-star team yet? What are Not they yet. For? When do they announce that? That's got to be pretty soon. Week or something? It's I think be. February 9th is when we find out, if I'm not mistaken. It's pretty soon. Oh, oh so they wait till after the Super Bowl to have their... Uh, I think I think that's right. All-star I can't remember exactly. No, the Super Bowl's, they, Super Bowl's the 12th, I think. 12th, so. so they must, they must play the all-star game on the 19th or something. Yeah, I think that's right. But uh, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a, he's, he's turned into a great player. Yes. uh, He's, he's early this year. He was like, it kind of, he got on him. Uh, Finch had a couple of comments about him after games that he wasn't involved and stuff. I mean, he didn't say it that directly, but that was the hint he got. But, uh, Boy, he's without cat around. He's the man, and there's no doubt about it. And uh, how's 
if 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 Cat decides to ever play again, if he's not going to announce his retirement here pretty soon, uh, <laughs> uh, what's how's he going to take this? Because he's the 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 ship has sailed that he's the man. Oh yes, right. Yes, I mean the ship has sailed. It's uh, it's he's going to have to feel well. Finch, Finch's quote from six weeks ago, and he said, "Well, we can put him over in the corner." Yeah, <laughs> like, right. you know, was uh, right. I mean, he's out of here this summer for sure. I, I think I so. I think they've got to trade him. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know what the financial imp- can you keep all those other guys if you trade him, or are you still in uh, you still in cap heaven because you got to carry his salary or take somebody back or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you've always got to take somebody back. Trade him or not? Yeah, you've you've always got to you got to take somebody back. I mean, he's not eligible to be, to be traded until the summertime and who knows uh-huh. what their real plan is, but I mean, the big question is Delo, what you do with that cuz you can just unless you want to either extend him for something less or trade him before the deadline. I had a hard time thinking they're going to trade him before the deadline with how much he means to them. Right, right now, um, you know, you can let you could let that expire, and that's thirty million coming off your books. But who, how are you going to replace that? Like, you kind of lose those bird rights, you lose the kind of that salary slot. So it, it kind of depends on what they're going to do with D'Lo as to what they could afford I, beyond I, Cat. I think I think you let D'Lo player out. That's what I do. I think uh, I try to keep. I, there's about five guys that they're bringing off the bench that I'd rather keep than him. And then you got, but then you got to get another guard, you know, yeah, so you gotta get a point a, guard. and they don't have a draft choice. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the problematic part. That's one of the problematic yeah. parts of trading four draft picks <laughs> in the, uh, go bear yeah. trade. But yeah, I mean, well, but I mean, but, they, uh, you, but if you trade cat, you can recoup some of that potentially. So I don't know. It's, it's a complicated offseason. It's going to be, I mean, I'm interested to see how the year plays out now that they're playing better and Ant is taking this step. But this offseason is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, uh, can the cat be traded before the draft is what I want to know. There's, I don't, I don't think so. I think, he's a, I think he's July. I think he's a, a, July, uh, a July trade candidate. I think he's got to wait till after the draft. But, you know, they, they get around that by, you know, the, pre, the pre-draft deals and all that stuff. So we'll see. <laughs> Well, you know who's uh, really uh, the last month has been great for is Finch. Yeah, you know, he's been good. People were wondering, can he, uh, you know, can he figure out how to put a team together with Rudy Gobert clogging up the middle, and uh, and they've kind of, you know, they're letting both go when Gobert's played. They kind of, you know, throw him a lob pass once in a while and have him get all the rebounds and uh, uh, you know set a pick once in a while. But they're, uh, they're I don't think they're I don't think they're blogging the while uh, you know logging themselves down, slowing themselves down, trying to get it inside to them anymore. Do you? If they throw no. a lot past, they do, and if he can get a dunk, but they're uh, they're not they're not they're not forcing it like they were earlier in the year. No, they're not trying to make him more than he isn't. And to your point yeah. earlier about the ball in Ant's hands, I like that because they they play with more pace when he's got the ball and they're, they're making more decisive decisions. And then when, when it's D'Lo doing it, then it's like the change of pace and he's kind of doing his little, you know, dipsy doodle into the lane, pick and roll type, type stuff. And so it's a nice kind of one, two, instead of it being every possession is kind of a, a slow motion, uh, a slow motion trip into the lane. So I think they've got something going. And then you're right. How does cat fit back into it? Cause I, I like their closing lineup, which is their starting lineup, I guess, usually with, you know, D'Lo and, 
Gobert, Kyle Anderson, and Jaden McDaniels because that gives you you know a little bit of defense, gives you offense, enough guys that can create, make shots. It's a pretty good finishing five. I mean, you know, Cat's not going to mess it up necessarily, but he he fits differently. You take him out, you put him in for anybody in that five, and the dynamic changes. And let me make this announcement: after you and I say all these kind things, they will lose by eighteen tonight to Sacramento because <laughs> that's let what they do. Just- let me just make that announcement and we, we can all get used to it and get out of our lives knowing that they're going to lose tonight. So, but they're, uh, it's been fun. I mean, it's been amazing. And, you know, people are showing up. Yes. That's what's, that's what's incredible. Now, one way they're getting sellouts is they dropped the capacity by 2000. They just got a big empty area up there where they don't sell tickets and then they call it a sellout. But, Still, I mean, they're getting 17,000, so how can you complain with their track record? And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it it's a it's funny. I think they've discovered a young crowd for some reason. Yep. I don't know why. I think the I think the, there's a lot of hipsters that uh, like the NBA. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can if you want to sit upstairs and sneak downstairs, you can. It doesn't kill you price wise. But uh, anyway, yeah, the crowds have been good. So that's a sport. It's the sport. That's cool. That's it. It's like, you know, you, you go there, you're, you're close, you get to be seen, things like that. It's a, it's a different experience than any other game. I think that's part of it. I think that's driving some of the driving some of the young crowd. So we'll, we'll see if they can keep it going. I think they've got something kind of figured out, but with this team, like you said, we always reserve judgment. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right about tonight, if they get, if they get, uh, I don't know about eighteen, but I think they they might uh, they might drop this one because Sacramento, um, those those two how games those two be, game sets are hard. I've always liked Deron Fox, but how could they be third in the West? And you look, I mean, they were they weren't going to make the playoffs, were they? Did people think they were going to make no. the playoffs? They're no, third in the West. Yeah, the team that's gone in the tank now is the Pelicans. Though. Yes. they're losing because your guy Zion won't play anymore. He got hurt no. again. It's shocking. What a what an Iron Man that guy is. Wow. He makes Buxton look like Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Appreciate it. We'll All talk right, again yeah. next week. All right.